Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. He goes, if he has autism, like maybe he shouldn't be in this environment. I was snapping, like. She is not interested in meeting with the opposition and she is hiding from the issue. So important that people are critical of what they see online and check people's credentials. We're the one for Cork and ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818 96 96 96. Extra WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The lines are live. Let's kickstart the conversation. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. We'll find another qualifier. For the 10K Joy giveaway between 11 and 12 today. Stick around for that. We've one more place to offer in the draw today and another place to offer in the draw tomorrow. It all wraps up tomorrow evening. The end of the 10K Toy giveaway. We've given away two 500 euro vouchers every day with Lorraine on the big drive home vouchers. Shopping sprees at Smith's Toy Superstores. Good morning, 0818969696. The number, the text to WhatsApp is 0833969696. And the email is opinion at 96fm.ie. Do you know, to be 19 again <laughs> and with slightly older eyes, you look disapprovingly at it and you think oh my god look at the debauchery that they are planning but if you were 19 years of age I know if I was 19 again or 20 or whatever age they are I too might well be queued outside the harp bar in Ballyvihan right now I started getting video clips around quarter past eight from outside the harp bar in, in Ballyncollig or Ballyncollig Ballyvihan it's an enormous crowd it's a big event it's called Christmas Day they do it at the end of November every year um, big, big crowd. Big, big crowd outside um, the harp, which doesn't even open for a while. And then I'm told that there's also a crowd gathering in Magazine Road outside a person's house. I'll go to that uh, in the fullness of time. Would you know the opening hours of your local Garda station? So I don't know where you're listening right now, but wherever you are, first of all, do you know where your local Garda station is? Then, do you know it's opening hours? If you needed to get to the public desk and talk to an actual guard at the front desk in your local Garda station, when would it be open? Do you know when it might be open? Say, Carrigaline or Douglas or Granabraha Garda station, your local, or Bandon or Clan or 
Yall or any cove or any lo- any of your local Garda stations around the city and county, would you know when they're open? Would you know when you can access someone on the front desk? For someone, is something as simple as um, a passport to be signed or something like that. In Ballancolig, they have a, a beautiful Garda station. I say that because I know it's, it. Was, I was inside it when it was opened. It was there for the official opening of it and a fine, fine Garda station. But Neve Buckley, you were one of a group that gathered last night in protest at the lack of opening hours at uh, Ballancolly Garda Station. Good morning. Good morning, how are you? Good. Um, so yeah, there it's, was... a, it's a fine big station, but there's no one there. Well, there's no one there. There's people in there, but there's no one there actually to deal with Ballancolly community. So, like you were saying about the opening hours, the average opening hours are from 10 until 1, um, from Sunday to Thursday and they're closed Friday and Saturday which would be the main critical days that people would need them um, most people are off Saturday so if you're getting your passport signed or anything like that that's when you'd go um, the next station that we're supposed to go to is Toker Guard Station which was closed yesterday and today so then they were telling us we had to go to Douglas so for elderly or for people with disability mm-hmm. or for anyone that doesn't have their own transport is kind of difficult and it was only by chance we found out about the Toker Guard station closing. So it's regular opening hours when it is open to the public is 10 till 1 Monday to Friday? Yeah, but that can, that's subject to change. Some days that, that has changed or you might go down and mightn't be open at all. Okay, okay. And then they expect you to go to Toker. Now Toker is a district HQ so Toker would be the HQ for Ballancolic anyway. It would, but there's no direct public transport to Toker. Yes. So right. if you didn't have your own car, you're getting off, I suppose, at Denny's Cross and then you have to walk off to Toker. Yes, yes. Or else you have to use a taxi. Yeah. Or come into town on the 220 and get a 214 out to Toker. Yep, you're right. That's it, exactly, And yeah. still a bit of walk when you get off that bus. And then... I'm surprised to hear Toker closed because that's nearly always open full time. It was closed for what, one or two days? Two days. Um, I think it was due to roadworks. Okay. Yeah. And they told you go to Douglas. Now at least you can get a, a bus from outside Toker or Ballincolly Garda Station to outside Toker Garda Station. But like that's, that's 20, 30, 40 minutes on the bus at least. Yeah. Yeah, so you're looking yep, for more, exactly. more opening hours. Plus, I mean, if 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 you ring now, if you ring Ballincolic Garda Station, like if your house is broken into or your car is stolen or someone is assaulted or you're assaulted, and you ring the local Garda Station, where do the guards come from? You don't get the local. Um, they're supposed to be coming from Toker, but from what I gather, they could be coming from anywhere. So, um, like that. Now, if you were a witness, even to assault or something like that. You get onto the guard station, and by the time the guards get out, your the culprit, the person who's done it, is gone. Right, right. So, so your local station really isn't the one who sends out a guard if some little thug puts in your windows. No, no, no. What about presence on the streets, Neve? I mean, would you ever see a guard um, walking up down the main street of Ballincollig? Um, no. I'd seldom you would. You'd see them around the guard station, obviously, but I wouldn't see them up and down the street, no. Right. There, there isn't a community guard or there isn't a regular... We have presence. community guards. Right. But, um, no, they wouldn't be out on the street. And anyway, there's not enough guards there 
to have patrols. Um, and that's another reason that we were protesting is the lack of resources. Ballincollig is nearly 30,000 people in it. Yes. And realistically, the resources we have is for a much smaller town. And, you know, they haven't moved on with the times. I mean, the guys that are there are fantastic, but there's not enough of them. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really back to financial aid from the government. Ballincollig is, is now a city station as well. It used to be in the county, but of course now it's in the city. Uh, yeah, and, and it's huge. And tell me, is there a, is there a crime problem in Ballincollig? Is there a drug problem? Uh, well, yeah, there is crime everywhere. There is, there is a large drug culture there. Um, you know, you can't be... There was... You know, there's been a lot, a lot of kind of assaults. There's a lot that you don't hear of as well. Um, there was, there was a person got on to me before that um, they reported a crime. Yeah, were trying to report a crime to Ballincollig. Then they were got through to Toker. Then Toker said there was somebody in Ballincollig. Tried again there, and the crime was never reported. So, back, so you know, like so that's the, part the, of it as well. You know, Ballincollig station, they were. Sent, diverted to Toker. Toker said there is someone in Ballincollig, but they never got to report yeah. the crime. Yeah. Crikey. You know, and like, again, lack of resources. I mean, you can't, like, I was told, no, I don't know, is that still ongoing? But there, a year or two ago, that if a car was called out, that the desk would have to be closed. So... You know, yeah. by the time everything is sorted, then you know it's they really need the guards themselves need help. Yeah, they yeah. need support. Kate is on the you phone know? here telling us, for example, Carrigaline Garda stations closed a lot of the time. There were some Garda vehicles there yesterday, but the place itself is closed up. Like, would there be cars outside, bikes outside the Garda station in Toker day to day? Um, I don't know about Toker now, but in Ballincollig, they're yeah. They're inside in a big gate, so you wouldn't really see them. But then the traffic core are in there anyway. Yes. It's, but it's, they're not yeah, is, for it HQ, is it a HQ of some kind for the traffic core? Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. um, sure they got rid of all the cells they after they built it to be a state of an art guard station. Yeah. They decided to rebuild inside, so it was closed for a long time when they were doing that. They got rid of all the holding cells inside that. there and made more offices seemingly for the traffic court. I remember that, actually. I remember talking about that to someone yeah. on the programme, that the cells were being done away with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, Ballincollig, like you say, is a... Is a it's hardly even call it a village anymore. It's a medium-sized town now. Oh, no, like, if you go to the whole townland and the surrounding areas, you're looking at 30,000 people. 30, people. And, like, like then you can go back to McCroom and go into Bishopstown and go back out further west. All those people are in and out of Alancolic. Mm. The only thing that we don't seem to have too much of is pubs, which is, I suppose, a blessing when we have hardly no guards. But um, for the night time... But um, there's a lot of people in and out during the day and the foothold, God only knows how big it is, you know? Yes. So, it's, you know, you do, you need, we need more resources you would, you, around. You, you yeah. would think, wouldn't you, Neve, that in 2022, in a town of 30,000, town and hinterland of 30,000 people with a major shopping centre and lots of other things, that if you call a guard during the day, the guard comes from round the corner, not the next parish yeah. or the next 
the next district. Yeah, exactly. And I, then, you know, it's also like another thing that we were looking at is education um, for the youth regarding drugs and things like that. We had um, before a guard that was from the drug tra- task force and she used to go to groups and, you know, she'd educate people on what to watch out for, yes. how to be careful. I mean, the younger children need to see that. They need to see it at the start of primary school at this stage. Yes. You know, it's not just kind of secondary school, college kind of a thing anymore. It's back into primary school as well. And, you know, like simple things like that, they do help. They will help the community. Yes, yes. So more guard, apart from better hours and better availability of guards in Balancolic Station, you need more guards in Balancolic. That's it, exactly. All right. Okay. Neve, thank you. Uh, Neve Buckley from Bar- The same goes, I think, for a lot of local guard stations. Thinking about Formoy, Mitchellstown, and Cove, and Yall, and Carrigaline, and Douglas, where I live myself. I remember when they opened the, the guard station in Douglas. I remember being at the official opening of that. It's, it's a while back, I don't mind telling you. John O'Donoghue was Minister of Justice at the time, the Bull Donoghue was Minister for Justice, and I remember opening it and thinking it was like something you would see in an American cop show. Like, you know, if you watch Bosch on Amazon, like it was like walking into their station. It was huge and had everything. And sure now, you could be hanging around Douglas Station for two days before you see a guard to actually go and see them at the at the public desk. It's, it's the same there. So your local guard station... When is it open? Is there a guard there? Or is everything being centralised back to places like Toker and Anglesey Street? But I never heard of Toker closing before, not being available for a couple of days, and then they send them out to Douglas. Well, I could see that as logical, but we just don't have enough guards. We simply do not have enough guards in Cork, and those we have are not being distributed to the places that they're needed. This is not to blame the guards themselves. This is to blame the way that they're being managed and that the force is being managed. 0818 96 96 96. Cork loves the arts. We do too. That's why we bring you the Arts House. Every Sunday on Cork's 96 FM. Hi, it's Elmarie. Join myself and Connor every Sunday morning to find out what's happening in the arts all over Cork. There's so much happening. Fantastic festivals with great events for all ages and we'll tell you all about them. The Arts House. Sunday mornings 8 to 10. With Griffin's Potatoes. Planted, picked and produced in Cork. Griffin's Potatoes. The great taste of home. Cork. 96 FM. Do you remember Neave Kilcawley, who was on with me a few months ago, talking about the junior search? Neave was blind and she wanted more assistance for people with disabilities at junior search time. She absolutely smashed it. I'll be talking to herself and her mom in a little while. But first, uh, to you, Louise Buckley, you've contacted us because you've been left down, I guess, in a bit of a lurch um, for school transport. Morning. Morning, PJ. Um, yeah, um, I got my son gets school transport. My son is autistic. He's in um, a special needs u- unit, and I just got a phone call on the sixth of October. It was the midterm that week. I got a phone call on that Sunday, at one o'clock, saying the bus driver had left and that there would be no transport. So I have been doing the school run with three weeks now. 
Um, it's 120 kilometers each day because it's from Blarney to McCroom. Um, it's costing me between 120 and 150 or in diesel, which is something that I can't afford at the moment. So I have had to make the decision to only send my son to school for three days, which was a really hard decision because he thrives in school. He absolutely loves school. But I have been on to bus airing and I was asking for updates and I was getting emails back saying that there was no contractor t- willing to take the run. I emailed Boss Erin the other day and I asked where the job was being advertised so I could post on social media in the hopes of finding someone. I got no response, hence why I posted yesterday on social media. Now I have spoken to taxi drivers that are on the school transport panel team that have told me this job is not after being advertised. It was the yeah. first they heard when so they saw my post. Just for the benefit, Louise, of listeners who wouldn't be familiar with how this service works. So, so you're granted... Mm-hmm transport for your little boy yeah. and yeah. it's it's yeah. dealt with by bus Aaron, but it's generally a yeah. taxi driver that that picks yeah. him up it's the same yeah. driver every day it's usually the same vehicle every day yeah so it's a contract yeah. that this one driver has the yeah. driver that yeah was it's, meant bring- actually, um, it's meant to be a five-year contract but right. Right. um i don't know what happens sure. with the driver so with, the, with the driver you had left for whatever reasons best known to himself that yeah. happens all the time yeah. but he now hasn't yeah. been replaced and it's three weeks no no and it's been three weeks and you know like PJ my son as all autistic kids he thrives in school and to make the decision when to be able to send him for three days is a really really hard decision to make but unfortunately I was left with no other choice um, and obviously I'm really worried that he's going to regress and stuff but I'm hoping that something will be put into place as soon as possible because, because given that you were granted the service and yeah, he's entitled to it. He's entitled to it. Yeah, they surely should be making a great, making a huge effort to replace it for him. Yeah, and as I said, I'm more frustrated now because since I dropped the post, as I said, taxi man, I was on the phone to a taxi man who said he was willing to take on the run, that he's guarded about the true bus airing, you know, and then I got a message off another taxi man last night on Facebook who told me that he's on the panel for, I don't really know how it works now, but that he's on the panel for the school transport team and that they have not received an email with this job being advertised. You know, and that's really, really frustrating to know that. And that, this, this is, well, it's a handy docket for a taxi driver because it's like you said it's 120 kilometers per day yeah 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 it's, yeah it's a very handy just, for a taxi driver yeah yeah as i said like bus Aaron were good to email me back when i was asking for an update i was getting an email back within the hour or two and the minute i asked him where the job was advertised i have not heard a thing since and that's really really frustrating yeah they've been telling you they can't find a new contractor yeah yeah and yet you know of taxi people, you've gone and done your yeah. own work, you've taxi yeah, people and I be willing the power to take of social media. Yeah, the power of social media, like taxi men have contacted me and, you know, now I did email Boss Aaron again last night with a taxi man's name and his phone number. He told me, he gave me permission to give his name and phone number and I emailed him last night saying that he was willing to take on the run, you know, I'd really appreciate if they could put something into place and... No email, yes, as of yet. So what we got here, Louise, is a situation whereby there's a contract in place. There's an agreement yeah. in place. Your your boy, Luke, has been yeah. offered transport. So the transport is yeah. sanctioned. The payment is yeah. sanctioned. The budget yeah. is there. They just need a driver. So you've come to me yeah. this morning, Louise, on the opinion yeah. line to say if there's a taxi driver listening who's on the transport panel, there's a yeah. fine little handy daily docket here for you. 
Yeah, and as I said, they have contacted me, but, you know, like, Bus Air and Advertise Job, so I don't know how that works for them okay. then. I don't know if they can contact Bus Air and themselves um, to well, say that they saw they'll, my they'll post. Know, like, you they'll know, know, They'll know. The, the, just, the drivers will very, know. very, very frustrating. The drivers yeah. will know. We had, we had the same driver yeah. coming to my boys to take my lad to school yeah. for years, and, and sure, he knew us as yeah. well as he knew James. Do you know what yeah, I mean? yeah, you know what it is. It is, I suppose. Like as I said, Luke loved the bus. He really did. He loved his escort. He loved the bus. Like it was just, it gave him a little bit of independence. I know. And now that Mammy's taking him to school, he doesn't understand. Like no, he he's non-verbal, so he doesn't have a great understanding of where where's the bus gone. Like why is Mammy dropped me and checking me? And... Not him to understand. Up up to him to understand Ooh. that. Louise, look, we'll see what happens. We'll put it out there. So, going every day from Blarney to McCroom, thanks, Louise. Going every day from Blarney to McCroom, it's sanctioned, it's budgeted, it'll be paid for. They just need someone who is vetted and approved to do these runs for Bus Aaron. Make contact with Louise, make contact with Bus Aaron, do what needs to be done. If you need more information, we have, we have the information, but she's had to take her little boy out of school two days a week because she simply can't afford the cost of diesel up and down from Blarney to McCrew. It's there, it's sanctioned, it's contracted, it's, there's none of that, all the paperwork's done. You just need to take up the route. Thanks, Louise. 0818 96 96 96. Remember yesterday, two more winners on the 10k toy giveaway. Let's see if we can't do two, two more, or get one more from the show later today. But here's what happened with Lorraine yesterday around tea time. Nicole, it's 32 days to Christmas. Is the excitement ramping up in your house? Oh, the excitement is unreal. Who have you got? Remind me now. Tell me about your smallies. I have got Levi, who's four, and Roisin, who is two, and my oldest is Taylor, who's 11. Prepare for excitement in your house then, because you've just won a 500 euro toy shopping spree. Oh my God, Levi, we won. Yes! Oh, thanks a million, Lauren. One happy customer. Let's get another one. Ashling, how has your day been since you qualified with Simon earlier on? Do you know how hard it is to chop vegetables with your fingers crossed? It's actually <laughs> very difficult. <laughs> but we were doing the power of five at home here and we all had to have one hand crossed. So that we're like, please, 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 let's win, let us win. Are they please near you, Ashling? They are. You better put me on loudspeaker because I've got some news for them. One second, I know. Hi, guys. I have got some very good news for you, but I want to hear you scream at the top of your lungs, okay? (laughs) You have just won a toy shopping spree worth 500 euros. Every child in the street was in that house for the draw. More of that this evening and we'll pick a qualifier after 11 this morning on the 10k toy giveaway. Now I'm going to read a list to you. English, maths, history, geography, French, music, home economics and science. And opposite that, distinction, higher merit, 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 distinction. That's a junior cert. That's Neve Kilcally's junior cert. Neve, when you and I were talking back in the summer, you'd just done the exam. You're there with your mum, Sinead, now. Hello to you both. Hello, Hello PJ. Congratulations, Neve. Thank you so much. That's a heck of a junior cert. I know, I'm absolutely ecstatic. I'm so happy. <laughs> Remind people again why we were talking earlier in the year. 
We were talking because for my exams, um, I was only assigned 10 minutes extra for my exams with my reader and my scribe. And I personally feel like those 10 minutes are not enough and they were just placed on me and everyone as a label. And I don't think that's fair because everybody's needs are going to be different. And the reason you needed the extra time and the scribe and the reader is you are blind. Yes, I am blind and I need someone to read those answers and read those questions out to me so I can discuss with them my answers and to even be able to understand questions. That takes out time and 10 minutes is just not enough. Yeah, and and that's why we were talking earlier in the year and yes. I were talking again courtesy of... Uh, my dear friend Kieran Delaney, who's been helping you out with, with, with getting to talk to important people in Leinster House. Sinead, Mum, what <laughs> results? Help! Oh, we're, we're so proud. Um, and that, that's 10 minutes per hour, just to, just to confirm. But we're so proud, PJ, because it does reflect the amount of work Neve's put in. And, um, you know, it was a, a great day yesterday. And thanks to the school for, for all their support, too. And Kieran, you know, has been with us from the beginning of the junior search right through with all of the advice that he's given us, really made a difference, you know, for even her exams. So especially thanks to him. Indeed. Neve, can I ask a question? I don't know if I, I, don't know if I did at the time. How do you study when you're blind? How, how do you do um, that? Well, I think there's different ways for different people. But for me, it was just reading over the chapters. I'd have to get someone to read it out to me. And that did have to either be my laptop or my parents. And I would just kind of discuss through questions and stuff like that. And it was, a lot of it is memory. Yeah. Wow. So remind me again what you want to do now. You, you, you have obviously... Are you in transition year now? Yes. Okay. And after TY, what do you want to do? Um, I think I'm very interested in journalism and writing, so I think that's one path I could go down to. But then I'm actually on work experience at the moment, and last week I was at Chagas Moor Park, and I had an amazing time, and that's all to do with science. Yes. So either way, I'd say. Yeah, yeah Chagas, the connection to Chagas and from my Remind me again, Sinead, what that connection is. Um, uh, Neve's dad, Kieran, works yeah. there. That's okay. Right. And thank you to everybody there because they, you know, rolled out the red carpet for Neve and all the other students that were there. Um, you know, it was a fantastic week. Yeah. Do you know what it is, Neve? You defined for something, years ago people started talking about the word, the word disability. And as I'm sure you, you know, many people don't like it. They just say different ability. You exactly, exactly. Like being disabled or having a disability... It doesn't, it's not a bad thing. I think if somebody ever called me blind, I would never be, you know, um, ashamed of that. That's what I am. I am blind, but that is not every part of me. And that does not mean that I can't achieve what everyone else can. Yeah, no, achieve what everyone else can. That's one of the best junior certs I've ever seen. (laughs) Thank you. That is remarkable. Remarkable, and I'm so thrilled to talk to you again. And best of all, I, I think somehow you and I will speak before you're leaving, start because now, <laughs> now comes the the work of getting. Like, is it the same at the moment? Is it only the ten minutes extra you get for a leaving cert? Um, I'm not even sure what the situation is for the leaving cert. 
Okay. Um, I think that it is only 10 minutes, and even for some subjects, there mightn't even be those 10 minutes. So um, that needs to be changed. So more campaigning to be done here. Exactly. Yeah, and, and, and it should also be pointed out, you achieved these incredible results while campaigning for your rights. Yeah, I did. Thank you. You're a beauty. You're absolutely fantastic. She's brilliant, Sinead. She's absolutely thank, wonderful. Thank you. Thanks, PJ. And thank you, because as you rightly say, we are continuing, you know, to try and get a review so that each child, regardless of what needs they have, is supported fully when they're studying and doing state exams. All right. Sinead Kilcolly and Neve Kilcolly, the star of the hour. Congratulations, Neve. Lovely speaking to you again. I've no doubt we'll speak more in the future. Those are wonderful, wonderful junior cert results achieved yesterday. Distinction, higher merit, higher merit, higher merit, higher merit, higher merit, higher merit, distinction. What we used to call eight A's, eight A's and B's in the old way of scoring the junior cert. Well done to both of you. 0818 96 96 96. The Cork Diary. On Cork's 96 FM. Glenthorne Community Association will be hosting a Christmas craft fair at Glenthorne Community Centre on Saturday the 3rd of December between 11am and 5pm. Supporting local producers, there'll be lots of handmade, sustainable gift ideas, food, crafts and plenty of Christmas cheer. You can check out glenthorne.ie for more information. And if you have an event you would like mentioned, email the details to Cork Diary at 96fm.ie. The Cork Diary with CorkSimon.ie because everyone who calls Cork home should have one. Cork's 96fm. I promised you that next week on the programme we'll sit down and take a real hard look at traffic around Cork with uh, someone who we believe knows it better than most and uh, has been watching the development of Cork traffic for over 25 years. We'll sit down with him during the week next week to discuss where traffic is going. We'll just get this message in from Noel. Dunkettle, nervous drivers are really finding it very difficult. There are experts, in inverted commas, who never make a mistake bullying other drivers. They're honking and they're outraged. If you make the slightest mistake or change lane, calm down, Know-it-alls, says Noel. Make allowances for anyone making understandable errors at a brand new traffic system. People are in the right lane and then they follow the sign, but instinct kicks in and they think they're going the wrong way. It's easy to understand, but not for road rage maniacs. And that's from Noel. Dunkettle, if anything, the last few days seems to have made things marginally worse. We'll come back to it. There's a beautiful bench. It's on the left when you go in from the playground side of the park near where the ice cream truck pulls in. On it is a most gorgeous drawing of a robin. Florence, good morning. Good morning, PJ. <laughs> it's Fitzgerald's Park. So talk to me about it, because I know the bench is there. Many of them, there's many of them there. They've been there for years. I know where, now that I know where you... So talk to me about this beautiful, beautiful robin. How did it come to be there? Well, thank you for inviting me today, uh, firstly. And, well, how did it happen? Um, listen, when, when my mother passed away in October 2021, um, I used to always go for walks in Fitzgerald. And I would especially sit at this bench as it was the bench my mother and I uh, last sat on 
before she died. So like just just one day, like I went and this little robin just appeared mm. um, as I was um, I was actually listening to, um, you know, the Carpenters. Yes. Um, Why the do song birds Close. suddenly appear? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which does sound a bit cheesy, but, you know, it is exactly what happened. So you're sitting there um, on the bench, mourning mom, who died very young. Yeah, um, she died at 57, very young. And the the bird, the little robin arrives as you're listening to the carpenters. Yes. That's yes. karma. That's that's the universe. Isn't it? Like, it's a bit of a, a miracle, you know. It's just being attentive to signs when you're grieving, I think, is very important. It's also the message I wanted to share today, you know, for those who are grieving, is to be attentive to those little things because they keep you going. Yes. They kept me going anyway. Now, Mom also had a particular fondness for robins, didn't she? Yeah, she did. So, um, you know, just just a few months before she passed away, um, I was just going through her old stuff with her, especially her drawings and paintings. And there was one that she actually gave to me, which was a drawing of a robin. And it was very special to me. So I framed it and, you know, I hanged it on my wall. And yeah, and then it just became even more special after I met the robin on the bench, as you can imagine. And there was also something else when I came home that day. I realized I had this photo hanged on my wall for, for years yes. of my mother in Oliver Plunkett, you know, the pub. I know it well. Uh, and just above my mother's head, there's a barrel of red, red breast whiskey just with the little logo, you know, of red breast, like a robin. Yeah. So I was just like, oh my God, this is mad, isn't it? So so you went, you wanted to remember your mom on the bench and you wanted to get, yes. so you just, when did, how did you decide that putting the robin on the bench would be the best thing to do? Well, it was, it was this specific, the first time I saw that robin straight away, I was like, I need, um, a memorial plaque and obviously I was inspired by other benches uh, in Fitzgerald and I thought Florence this is mad they're no never going to do this for you but I thought you know if you never try you'll never know so um, I went online and I looked up how to you know request a memorial plaque uh, in Cork you know and I found out that you could um, fill out a form send a letter to Cork City Council, which I did. Um, and it was it was denied. Um, but, you know, I, I, I insisted, to be honest. I'm not very proud of it, but um, I did insist a bit. And uh, they were absolutely exceptional. They were very understanding, very kind. And in the end, you know, they said, look, this is what we can actually do. So they suggested the Robin hearts on the bench on the bench and so you couldn't get a plate but you'd be no. allowed to put the robin yes okay that's correct which which i thought in fairness was even better you know there's yeah. a bit of a mystery behind it and it was it was more than i could hope for do you know what i mean like i i couldn't be more happy that you know they agreed to do something like this for me and for my mom, obviously. Um, so, 
yeah, it was the best idea. And the day was put on, you know, I was just so excited. Yeah. Who, to, who did to it? Who, who made it? Who did the engraving? Um, it was actually, do you know, on Douglas Street, Thousand Signs? Southern Signs, yes. Yes, they did yes, it. Yes, so they made it. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's really beautiful. And you have a picture here. There's a picture in front of me of the bench with the engraving of the robin. And there's a little robin sitting above it. Yes, absolutely. So the the day I went to discover the new bench with with the robin on it, he was there, and I took a few photos. And I think this one is quite mad. It's beautiful. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. A lot of people we've talked about this before. A lot of people associate robins with the thought of a of a loved one being around. Now, your own story, um, mm-hmm. Florence. You're yes. The beautiful French accent of yours. So tell me, <laughs> tell you. me about yourself and your connection to Cork. I would love to tell you about my connection to Cork. However, I want to jump on what you just said. You know about you know people, other people grieving and relating to your Robin. This morning, I actually received like just ten minutes before you called me. I received a keyring by post by uh, Geraldine, someone I don't know, um, who saw the article on the Echo and on Yay Cork. Um, and it's a keyring with a robin on it. And there's a little note that says, Robins appear when a loved one is near. Yes. Those we love don't go away. They walk beside us every day. They are unseen, unheard. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. I've, I've read it. I know it. We have a little, we have a little robin visits our back garden. And my wife is convinced it's her dad checking up. Yeah. It's just so nice, you know, to receive things like that. And I'll just finish, sorry. Um, okay. Still miss, still loved and so very dear. And, you know, it was just so nice to receive this before you called. It's okay. That, um, that it, it is lovely and I've, he- I've heard it before. It's just this strange connection with Robin's. We have, as I said, we were a little robin that visits our garden from time to time, and always you'll you'll hear him, you'll you'll see him, and yeah. whether it's the same robin or not, nobody nobody knows. But always, it's it's nearly always at a time when when my wife is thinking about her dad, or I'm thinking mm-hmm. about my dad, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So very very much. So <laughs> your 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 connection to Cork. Yes. Yes. Um, listen, I, I moved to Ireland when I was 14. Um, so I, I was actually living in Dublin. I was in the French School of Dublin for a few years. And I moved to Cork when I was 20. <clears throat> no, when I was 23, sorry. As I got a job uh, in a company here. And um, then I left during lockdown. And I left and stayed one year in Dublin. And then I came back as, as soon as I could because I'm just, I'm in love with Cork. Mm-hmm. I just love Cork so much. There's just such a great sense of community here. And, you know, um, it's just, yeah, it's it's where I want to live for the rest of my life, you know. Yeah, yeah. Your mom, your mom, your mom was adopted. Is that right? Yes, my mother was adopted, so her biological parents were Irish. Okay. Um, and her adoptive parents were English and French. Okay. So she grew up in England um, and in France, 
and then she moved to Ireland to be closer to her, to her roots, basically. And she loved the English market and she loved Fitzgerald's Park. She did. She really did. Like every time she came to visit me in in Cork, you know, the first thing she wanted to do was to go to the English market. <laughs> she just she just loves the food there and the atmosphere and, you know, Cork people. It's just the best place ever for her, you know? Yeah. She, she, I know there's some photographs of you. She, you, you it's, it looked like you had the most wonderful relationship. We did. We really did. Yeah, we were very close. Yeah, yeah. So there, when someone goes into the park now and sees this bench with the robin engraved on it and maybe <laughs> maybe even one sitting on top of the bench, this is... <laughs> the story is just lovely, but, but yeah, that, that don't be a bit surprised by that um, verse that someone just sent you because... I've heard it before many times, and I know I'll put this one out to listeners now, and they will come back with their Robin stories. For some yeah. reason, and I don't know whether it's an Irish thing, Florence, or whether it's international, I don't know. But for some reason in Ireland, we associate the appearance of the, the little Robin Redbreast um, with loved ones who are mm. watching us, watching over us from beyond. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. I fully agree with you. I never thought I would believe in something like this before my mother died, to be honest. You know, I. But now I do. I really do. Another friend of mine lost her mother. And one day we went for a walk. It wasn't in Fitzgerald. Um, but two robins were there, you know. Um, so, yes, I truly believe this is true. Um, yeah. I do. Well, that bench will mean a lot to a lot to people, and I could see people now visiting that bench just to look at the robins. Oh wow! Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. In fact, really? it's, it's probably much better than the original idea of a plate with a name on it that I people think... wouldn't recognise. Yes, yes, absolutely, and and you know that's why initially also I contacted the Acorn. You know, I wanted to share that message, you know, that message of, you know, have hope, go for walks, mm. you know, be attentive to little signs, yeah. uh, go outside, you know, because grieving is one of the most difficult thing, you know, yeah. to go through. And yeah. Yeah. There are days I suspect, Florence, and there will be days when it's just hard to put one foot in front of the other. Yes. Yes, exactly. But that kept me going, you know, just, you know, going to the event, just kind of hoping that the Robin would be there. And he was there, like, I'd say eight times out of 10. And that would make my day, you know, it, it would put a smile on my face. And the yeah. next day I would go, you know. There's a connection. There really is. Yeah. There so really you is. go sit at this bench and your little Robin comes to say hello. Yes. Exactly. To be honest, I haven't been for a while now because it's freezing and it's <laughs> raining so much. <laughs> um, but but last year when it happened, you know, I would go nearly every day. Which is crucial. It's, you know, to it, it's beautiful. It's lovely. It's a lovely story and yes. condolences to you on, on the loss of Thank your you. mom. 
Um, but it's such a lovely story. And you're, and you're right. You're right to contact people. You're right to talk to me because the, 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 there's a in your loss. There's a positivity in you. Yes, and it's yes, and it's absolutely. lovely. And and yeah, people might remember the Carpenter's song. Younger people won't know the Carpenter's song, but the first line of it is, "Why do birds suddenly appear every time you are near?" It seems to me yes. they long to be close to you. Yes, <laughs> I know it. I'm old enough, Florence. <laughs> Have a lovely day. Thank you so much, PJ. Bye. Have a great day. Thank you. Take care. Bye bye. So there you go. Hey, Simon here. Join me all this week from midday to win tickets to my big night out at the brilliant Improv Panto at Cork Opera House. You and three friends could be joining me on opening night Friday, December 9th for a drinks reception followed by a night of hilarious improv. Not for smallies. This panto is made up on the spot based on audience suggestions. Live music, laughter and chaos guaranteed. The Improv Panto from December 9th. Tickets from CorkOperaHouse.ie. Tune in Weekdays from midday to win on Corks 96 FM. The lines are live and we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan on Corks 96 FM. Thanks to Dee who sent in this little picture to us of, it's a frame with the robin in it and it has, uh, she was listening to Florence there before it changed, she says, the the verse that's with the little robin goes, I pop in on occasion to let you know I'm here and if ever you might need me, please know I'm always near. Uh, There's just a love of robins, I think, people who've lost loved ones we tend to associate the robin with with our loved ones. If you have any little story you'd like to tell me about that. I mean, Florence sat down on this bench where she used to sit with her mom in Fitzgerald's Park. It's just a lovely story. She used to sit there with her mom and they'd chat. And when her mom died very suddenly, she went walking one morning back to the bench and she had music on, the old carpenter's song, why do birds suddenly appear every time you are near? That's the opening line of the song. Look it up. If you haven't heard it, look it up. And the robin comes along and lands on the bench next to her. A little robin. And it gave her the idea. And she said to me there toward the end of our chat, she said that when she goes now, or she hasn't been there for a while because of the weather, but when she goes back to the bench now to sit there, there's the engraving of the robin on the bench, which will always remind her of mom. But more often than not, when she goes back to the bench, the little robin comes and sits on the side or on the back or there with her. It's, it's a lovely story. Lovely story. And if you have anything like that, that you've noticed yourself, I was saying there to Florence, the Queen Bee, her dad passed away in 2013. And frequently... There'll be a little robin will arrive in the garden. Um, and she always says, oh, look, that's Dad's robin. 0818 96 96 96 is the number. Text to WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. There are the news. Uh, Dunkettle. The new roads and the new ins and outs of Dunkettle opened last weekend. I haven't even tried to drive it yet. All I know is that last week, herself was driving home from Blackpool to 
Douglas and it took the bones of an hour and 40 minutes. She was coming through the tunnel and coming through Dunkettle. It was an absolute mess. And now public reps are turning around and asking the Transport Infrastructure Ireland to look again and do better. One of them is Senator Jerry Baltimore. Jerry, good morning. Good morning, PJ. And I've had the enduring, like your good wife, of being stuck in that traffic on a couple of times. Yeah. Um, and it's not nice. Yeah. Um, it's it's not. And I know who've left, for example, Bishop Town at five to seven and have taken them until nearly eight o'clock to get to Little Island. Now, other days, it's, I believe, it's seven o'clock at their 25 past seven, depending. But to me, and I accept that it's a it's a major project, right? We accept that it's 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 a huge effort to change the road layout in Cork. But to me, their information campaign, TII, and they're going to be before the Oireachtas Transport Committee to discuss the issue of tolling next Tuesday night. But I will also raise the issue of Dunkettle with them. I think PJ and they have a very good website, Dunkettle.ie, as you know, yeah. and they use social media. But their advance signage to the approach to the tunnel from these from from our side coming from the Roadstone side. And then likewise, coming out from Dublin or coming up with Leiden, I think it's quite poor. Um, and I think they've missed an opportunity here. In, in all, Also, I think, PJ, the uh, members of Angarda Shikana policing should have been deployed to, 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 to be on the ground at Dunkettle um, to, to monitor traffic, to, to, to allow it to flow a bit better. Um, and I know we've had a number of, of, of crashes there in the last couple of weeks, mm. and I was stuck in it last week coming out from Dublin. Uh, but it's 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 not good enough in terms of its approach signage and its overall information communication has been quite poor. Um, if you look at the HSC and the government around COVID as an example in terms of the, the vaccination campaign or the information about COVID, I think there should have been advertisements on your stations and others, on the on local media mm. uh, and on social media to highlight and inform people. Because part of the difficulty is, as you know, we're used to going up the hill to, Dun- to up Dunkettle, up to Dublin. It's the left-hand lane. Now it's now the it's now the right-hand lane. I know. And I that's know. that's that's mindset to change people's behaviour. So and I, and I appreciate there were three key roads opened, but you know I I think TII should be held to account for their lack of real information on the ground. Well, something you should. You know, there were three new roads open, and I got the press release and I got the the brief. And I must say, Jerry, I couldn't make head, ass, nor tail what I was being told and I'd hate to be sitting in it so what do we do now? And, and PJ again like you I, I receive every Friday the Dunkettle N40 progress update right um, and, and I've tried to follow it myself uh, and you are right um, it, it's difficult to follow it's hard to manage um, the, it, it, for example in the video from last Friday here it's saying the video will show the routes for traffic hitting northbound southbound uh, but part of the difficulty, PJ, is if you think, and if listeners think of this, as you head into the tunnel and come out, uh, the traffic that's going towards the city and Little Island are all now funneled into one direction. Mm. And then have to come back t- for Little Island or go on left for the city, whereas before they were going in two different, there was three different spurs off, if you like. That's part of the, what's compounded the difficulty. And the other point, which I think is worth noting, is that the traffic has gone back to pre-COVID levels. Yes, and, a, and beyond. And beyond. It's, and it's beyond. even busier. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look, the, the, it happens that, you know, public reps like yourself, Jerry, and you and I have had our rows on this show before, but public reps like yourself tend to get the brunt of it when something goes wrong. But you can't do anything. You, you didn't design the thing. You didn't plan the opening. But what you can do now is you can bring those who did before you and get answers out of them. So is that the next plan? 
and they're with us on Tuesday night. But the other point, PJ, and you're a technique, you're a tech like me, the Dunkettle Live traffic app, in my opinion, could have been used more efficiently and, and better to highlight what was happening to inform people. Now, I know you can't, in your car, that's use right. the, the apps and I accept that. But, so that's my point in terms of the, you know, the road signs is where it says 19-minute delay or 8-minute delay to junction, whatever. They could have used those signs better and they could have taken the high-vis signs, the electronic signs, and they could have taken a few bob from their resources to, high, to, 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 to have them populated on the, on the road as you approach the and the N40 down. Remember, Peter, the other part we have, which I think, and you're around long enough when we had the whole CASP and, and the whole thing around the city traffic. Part of our difficulty now is there's no north-south uh, nodes off the city. You get to Dunkettle roundabout. Sorry, you, you get to Kinsale Road roundabout. You head down towards town. You get to the Leeson and you come to a full stop nearly. Yeah. And then you become immersed in more gridlock. I was, I was going to bring you on to that because I've taken call after call after call and spoken to taxi drivers and spoken to people who drive trucks and buses for a living about the situation in the city. At the moment, Jerry Baltimore, our traffic is an unadulterated shambles four weeks out of Christmas. And we were told there's a very nice man called Inspector James Hallahan, and he's head of roads policing in the city and he was quoted in the Echo um, a week or two ago saying, look um, it'll be fine you just need, just need to give it time. We all know that you can't make an omelette without breaking some eggs but people are furious, Jerry, about the delays. People are late for hospital appointments late for work, yes. kids are late for school. Yeah, you can't make an omelette without breaking eggs, but my God, it's full of shells. It's a mess. But, but PJ, we appreciate that. And I, and I know City Council had a press statement last week saying that we've reached capacity with traffic. But we don't seem to have a plan B. You saw what happened last Thursday night. There was, there was a number of crashes on the N40 as you head east. And, 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 and it was backed up from, from, from Sarsfields Road, from Wilton Shopping Centre exit to the tunnel. Likewise, we had the flooding a couple of weeks ago where the whole N40 coming out from town was blocked. And then, Peter, the other part that I've been getting a lot of complaints about uh, was about the deployment of speed cameras on the lip of the tunnel as you go into the tunnel coming from the Mahan Point side of the tunnel. And that, to me, is, is wrong. People are frustrated already. It's shooting fish in a barrel, Jerry. That's what that is. It's shooting fish in a barrel. So I think that's, that's wrong as well. And I know... And, and we're all, and we had a, a, a lovely mass last Sunday for remembrance of car crash victims in, in the North Chapel. Like, I know we have to save lives, but that to me is the wrong location at this time for a speed van. It sends the wrong message about road safety. Um, so, I, 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 so the bottom line, PJ, next Tuesday night we'll have TII in before the Iraqis Committee on the tolling. And I, I've asked the Chairman, Karen Donald, to allow us to ask questions around Dunkett to get an update and, and to put questions to them in terms of how they can improve the communica- communication message. Because you are right. Look, we have a 250 million project. It's going to be fantastic when it's finished. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it is frustrating at the moment for those who use it. Well, we'll have a, an offer made on the programme here next week. And I won't go into the details of it, but it, can be, it will be extended to every senior official at any level who wants to take it up. And uh, to do with Cork traffic, I, I can't go into much detail now, but it's an offer and, it's, and it'll stand. Well, PJ, I've sat in the traffic. I've been that motorist. Um, now, for example, this Tuesday, I left to go to Dublin later to avoid the traffic and I sailed through it. And so, yeah. you know, I mean, oh, yeah. the point is, it, it, you know, it's about ensuring that we've proper communication. And I would, I know it's not the gas. 
to be, you know, part of TII road issues. But I think we should have policing deployed there to to, to, to monitor and to, and to direct traffic well, as well. The, the old you and you remember it, and I remember it. The guard on point duty. You see very little of them now. The guard with the white well, gloves you remember, on point you're, duty. You're, you're, you remember Mick O'Loughlin, who was the former oh, trooper and inspector in, in Angus Street before Christmas. Remember we had the, when we had the railings around Christmas in, in Patrick Street? He was monitoring the traffic flow and it moved quite well. So I don't see why we couldn't apply that model of policing in terms of road traffic Indeed. as well. I know you can't. it won't help everything, but it will, it will allow for a counter flow. Now, I do believe that... The, as I said, the left-hand lane where everything is funneled to head back into town up the lower Glanmire Road or to head to Glanmire and then come back again to, towards the island is compounding the problem. But I do, I would appeal to, to the city and county and to the TII to improve at this stage their communication methods and, and model. Okay, well, as I said, we'll have that offer next week to any official who wants to take it up to the very, very highest level. Jerry, I know you wanted to talk briefly about the World Cup. It's on, it's nearly a week on now. We've had a couple of shocks in terms of results, but you were drawing attention to a few things. Are you watching the World Cup, Jerry, given being a I member am, of the LGBT I community? I, you know, I am. I'm, I'm a sports person. I, I am watching it. I, I enjoy sport. I think sport unites us more than it divides us, and it's a great it's a great event. It's the best it's the best sporting event in the world at the moment, um, and and I think that it's disappointing that FIFA, first of all, as you know, the whole bidding process is tainted, but now um, where we have the situation where the eight captains or nine, in, in terms of the symbol of diversity, inclusivity, and acceptance, have been in effect sanctioned by FIFA, um, which is wrong. Um, what we're saying in, in, by inference is that we're allowing the criminalization of same-sex relationships to continue. Um, human rights are non-negotiable. Um, and to me, the One Love armband is not a political statement. Mm. A political statement would be a boycott. It's just saying that we stand and we we, we uphold human rights. Yeah. The idea that you might be awarded people, a yellow card or uh, penalised with a yellow card for wearing it. I don't know yeah, where that, that is in the rules wrong. of football. It's not there. Like, and then the other point, Peter, which I get, which I'm disappointed with FIFA in, is that they have the UN FIFA initiative, where, where you can wear an armband for a different social campaign around no discrimination, save the planet, protect children, education for all, and be active. So the armband is a symbol. It's a piece of cloth. It's a symbol. And then if you look at some of the issues, PJ, that LGBT people have already had in. Qatar, and, and you, you had an American journalist, you had a former captain of the Welsh soccer team having to take off her, her, her hat. Yes. You know, it, it, it's it's wrong. And, and uh, you know, in the week where we had the dreadful killings in in Colorado, yeah. on top of the killings of Michael Sneed and Moffat and Sligo, it sends the wrong message. And FIFA, FIFA showed no leadership. Now, I'm not in favour of a boycott, PJ. I, I think it's important that the event goes ahead. It's important that we, and I, I, I think... Yeah, because the, 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 the pub in Clannacilty, um, Gigi's, we had, uh, we had Gordon on from Gigi's earlier in the week, they're not showing it. And, and that's a statement that they, and, and, and I've no difficulty with that, but I, I, I don't want to deprive people of being able to watch a sporting event that is brilliant. My other point, PJ, is what are FIFA saying to the young boy or girl uh, who's struggling with their sexual identity or yeah. sexual orientation yeah. by this? Well, yeah. Whether they're in Dubai or Qatar or Cork, or Donegal, or, or Wales, or wherever, yeah. you know? And and that's my point, Look, and that's the reason why 
we have pride that's the reason why we have advocacy groups still working hard to promote inclusivity that's yeah. why you know we will have this conversation for a long time yeah because but, we have regimes that deny human rights which are non-negotiable yeah. a man you and I both know uh, to admire uh, on, on and off the pitch Roy Keane is having a blinder out there in, in commentary he um, yeah. he's making the headlines but people are saying should he be there one Corkman about another should he be there no uh, the, the answer I'm saying, I give you my answer. The answer is yes, because by his presence and by his comments and his support and utterances, he is in getting into millions of homes around the world, or in 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 the case of you know Linda Ireland, that he's making the statement and it's it's resonating with people. Whereas if he wasn't there and there was no one there, then there'd be silence and we'd be condoning by our, our absence in in a sense the, the the denial of human rights. So I think it's right to shine a light on it. The World Cup is a sporting event. I, I, I don't want to d- take away or demur yeah. from that. Uh, and I, I am watching it. But I think it's disappointing that FIFA, rather than the... And I don't blame the players here. I, I think FIFA have shown no leadership in this at all. Yeah, It's funny, because uh, some people on... I noticed some people on social media saying, oh, I'm enjoying this match. And then two or three tweets down, they're getting virtue signaled at and they're getting attacked for... How could you possibly... Enjoy? I'm just enjoying the match. Can I just watch the game? People need to be able to watch the game, don't they, Jerry? And just enjoy the, they do, the and match. Absolutely. And then you take someone like Stephen Kenny, who's been hugely supportive of the LGBT community, um, you know, is there. And I and I think people like Stephen and Roy Keane and others who are present and are making their comments are, are being wonderful ambassadors and are, and are allowing the spotlight to shine on what's happening. And that's, I think, far more important than the silence that you would get from North Korea or, or Russia, maybe, if you know what I mean. I do, I do. Jerry, thank you very much, Jerry Buttermer. Uh, Senator Jerry Buttermer, 0818969696. Now, Andrew, you spotted something over the last couple of days. You messaged us, and if anybody, because of your own history, which we talked about before, if anybody knows logos and how logos are designed, you do. You've spotted something that you think is a subtle support of the Pride movement, Morning, Andrew. Morning. Morning. Morning, how are you? Good. What have you spotted? Um, I first noticed this in the Welsh game. Uh, the Welsh game was Monday night. There, uh, it was the pre-training top. It was just white with the iconic three stripes, the ideas three stripes running down, which had the rainbow colours in them. It's going from blue to red to yellow. In the stripes, right. Um, the following morning, Argentina wore the same pre-match T-shirt. Um, there was a variation of it yesterday then on the Spanish tracksuit top with the, a little flick around the, um, the sleeve of the tracksuit top. Um, and if you notice too, the Adidas ball, the match ball, the official match ball in the tournament has the same colours, uh, the red, blue yeah. and yellow as that's on those tops. So nice. I think they've, um, they've been very clever. Um, so the, they're making their statement in the warm-up because they can't do it on the pitch. Yeah, subtly, but you know, it doesn't seem to have been picked up on. Um, no. the, the only one that has been picked up on was the, the Belgium uh, girl because they had actually the word love. Um, embroidered into the inside of their away top. Craig, um, no, no. FIFA have said that they didn't ban it on uh, those grounds. They said it, um, it's to do with commercial reasons because it's a, a festival in Belgium. Uh, I think it's uh, Tomorrowland or something like that. Okay. It's a whole dance music festival. So they're saying they, they banned the word love because of has a commercial connotation with the Belgian team. So you reckon that Adidas, who obviously supply my, my, so much gear, uh, mm, that they're subtly making pride statements, not so much in the playing gear on the pitch, but in the 
training pre-match. gear and the warm-up and the pre-match. And the official ball, as I said, it has those, those colours as well. I didn't spot it on the ball. Yeah, I've actually sent that picture to Fergal. If he can send it on today, you'll see it. Oh, crikey, there it is. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yeah. now yeah. I spot it. Now yeah. I see it. When you see the ball up close. Yes, now yeah. I see you're, you see, there, there's a man now. You've been, you've been designing logos all your life. You, you, you know what's going on. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Yeah. Uh, just, just uh, two points I'd like to pick up on there uh, regarding um, like PJ we must remember that every World Cup was used as a political tool no matter where it was okay? true true. if you cast your mind back to 78 in Argentina two years before that there was thousands of people went missing in Argentina and most of them ended up in a jail just a kilometre down the road from where the final was held yes you know um, there was um, the Argentine General, General Videla Mm-hmm. Argentina were playing Peru and he went into the, the Peru dressing room prior to the game and organised for 35,000 tonnes of wheat to be shipped to Peru if they threw the game and I think they lost 6-1 you know <laughs> it's you 1934 Italy Mussolini you know yeah. you can go on and on you can you can um, we, we but, always say we always say you know sport and politics should never mix but sure they were born in the same basket and on the same note, I think we have very short memories ourselves because like they were on about um, Qatar's um, policy with women. It, like, it's not too long ago in this country that women had to drink in separate areas of the pubs and they were, they were thrown into snugs. Now you're opening you know? a can of worms, Andrew. But, but it, it, it's it's you're right. Yeah, you're no, right. True. No, you're dead right. I remember and, snugs. I remember And snugs. we say on the, the gay issue, um, you had a guy on last year um, regarding the, the TV series it's a sin mm, yes and he was saying that a lot of the, those gay men in the 80s had to go to London because they couldn't live here yeah, you look at poor, old, look at poor yeah. old Vincent Hanley Andrew yeah, yeah that's only 40 years ago Vin, Vinny, yeah, you're right you're right only and for it's, only yeah, for it's just the hypocrisy is getting to me that you know, people are saying this that and the other even Sky News Sky News are morning noon night on about the armband yet if you look at the weather report it's sponsored by who? Qatar Airways <laughs> you know it's just <laughs> Andrew good call 
Cheers and thank you. 0818 96 96 96. He makes very good points about that. But look at the gear, the, gear, the training tops, the, the warm-up tops. Uh, they're all subtly, according to Andrew. Keep an eye. He sent, a, in his, he sent us some pictures and he's right. They're subtly referring to the pride colours in training tops and boots and, and on, the, on the ball. 0818-969696. The legendary Cork's 96FM Santa Calls are back. We've asked Santa to call as many children as possible before the big day, and as a good friend of the show, he's agreed. To be able to chance to get a call from Santa in the North Pole, simply go to 96fm.ie and fill out the form. Santa Calls with Dan Seaman Motors. The ho-ho home of Fiat, Alfa Romeo, Jeep and Fiat Professional in Cork. See dancemanmotors.ie Only on Cork's 96FM. I knew this would happen. Some Robin stories uh, starting to come in. Uh, Carol says, my son Ian passed away a couple of years ago. His story actually featured on Radio Sun. We weren't able to have a big funeral at the time. But when we had a memorial service and his friends were able to come, it was a Robin flying around throughout the service and it gave it great comfort and Rachel hi PJ my dad passed away on December 2nd 2019 and this little fella and she sent me a picture of a robin is he inside the kitchen it looks like the robin is actually inside the kitchen I came right into the house a week later I was feeling particularly down that morning when he came in and straight away I felt a little bit of comfort he still visits regularly and I call him Mick after my dad Oh, that's nice, Rachel. Yeah, he's inside the kitchen. I can see from the picture. That's lovely. He comes in the door and he's actually standing on the tiles, a little robin. Yeah. People really do associate seeing a robin with a loved one that isn't here anymore. More of your stories are welcome if you want to let them come into us at 0818969696 or 0833969696. If you want to put a little story in a voice note, you can do that too at 0833969696. On the tunnel, Paul says, hang on now, they can't make the signs any bigger really. The gantry is full. They're telling you from Mahan what lane to be in. The junction's doing fine. It's drivers not looking at where they were going. Uh, PJ Dunkettle's fine. I left CUH yesterday at 4.40 and got to Middleton at quarter past five. People are simply not paying attention to the huge signs. And Michael, I drove through the tunnel yesterday around five and this morning at quarter to nine without a bother. People just need to read the signs, which brings me back to the comment from earlier on about some drivers are finding it easier than others. Well, I tell you this much, lads. I despise with every fibre of my being the magic roundabout. I always have, and I think I always will. My wife could drive through it, no problem. Never has the slightest difficulty with it at all. But trust me, if I can mess up on the magic roundabout, I will mess up on the magic roundabout. And that's there a long time. A long time. 0818 96 96 96. So we got word in July of 2021 about the planned closure of the Onakura Centre in Middleton. It came to us initially from a family member, then we began to work with Councillor Liam Quaid and some other family members and in September of 2021 I was privileged to visit Onakura and to meet some of the residents and some of their relatives there in the garden outside uh, to 
just to talk to them about why they did not want to leave Onakura. And you'll remember, I met Keith. The doctor over there, we have the dentist over there, uh, we have a library, solicitors, four banks, four supermarkets, laundries, cinema, cobbler, opticians, hearing aid, taxi services, hairdressers, chiropodists. Everything you need. Yeah, literally. Mm. And what what I get from that is that uh, these services are, are right on the doorstep and they tend to draw me out, mm. humanise me. Mm. And what would worry you about being moved from here, where everything like that is around you? To mm. me, the location of this place is like a medicine. It's, it contributes to me getting better. I was back there last week. And I'll let you hear that next. Access all areas on Cork's 96FM. Your guide to nightlife on Leaside. Hi, it's Michael with the latest in Cork's entertainment. The hit podcast from Vogue Williams and Joanne McNally is coming to Cork next summer when you can catch My Therapist Ghosted Me live at the Marquee on Saturday, May 27th. Access all areas. Cork Orchestral Society makes a welcome return with an exciting programme and they're pleased to announce 12 spectacular concerts taking place around the city, including a stunning pairing with Gavin Ring and Gary Beecher on December 7th in the Curtis Auditorium. Access all areas. If you have a gig, exhibition or show coming up in Cork in the next few weeks, send us your information here at Cork's 96 FM and we'll be happy to host it. Access all areas. Your guide to nightlife on the side. On Cork's 96 FM. Keith, it was you I met outside the centre in the garden that night in September, 12 months. We don't have the weather, so we're not there now. But you're still in Onkara. Yeah, still totally uncertain as to uh, what's happening. You know, certain residents have been relocated, but we're still (laughs) on some short list. Uh, But we don't just don't know. The nurses don't know. Uh, It's amazing how the uh, the spirit that was in the uh, unit uh, Mm. has gone down. Because like a family, if one of them goes. You know, it really, uh, really matters. How many of you are left now? There's uh, seven there uh, at the moment. Uh, And we're just waiting uh, where we'll be moved to. The thing is, it's not just uh, a building. It's not just like bricks. Uh, there was one, uh, one of the residents was, uh, had gone blind during the time that she was in the uh, centre. Uh, but at least people would talk to her. She knew, she'd seen their faces and their voices would be, uh, you know, comforting to her. And one of the most heartwarming things was to hear her laughing. You'd tell her to laugh a mile away. But she was moved away. And you, can you imagine, uh, she, just before she went away, she'd had her lower leg amputated. So there's the trauma of that, the trauma of going to a strange place, no faces to match the voices. That list you gave me of what's around you, compared to, if you take just St. Stephen's as one example, the nearest shop, 20 minutes walk on a good day down a bad road, has anyone said to you, Keith, well, here's what we have in mind? No, not, not, uh, not really, no. 
Um, I vocalised uh, just what a fabulous place I think we've got, and I find it difficult to imagine how you'd want to dissemble a place like that. Uh, surely it was a, you know, a, a golden example of where mental health could go, and it was so integrated into the community, uh, which was marvellous. Whereas if if it's a physical entity that's out in the country, then you're totally dependent on the nurses to perhaps get the stuff that you need. You, if anything would drive you back into a shell, it would be that, that the normal human interaction, you know, that uh, you, you, you would miss that if the nurses were doing a shopping for you. How have you been? It's so difficult, I think, through all of this, that when we look at what we've got, and when we look at what they've uh, offered, some of the residents have gone to other units, and they're into a ward-like situation, you know, where there would be beds and a curtain round the bed, and that's your your little world. Going from your own room to Mm -hmm. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, it's hard to rationalise this. Uh, It isn't a matter of bricks. You have to think of the people involved. And as I, that lovely woman, I say I'd I'd miss her laughter. Yeah, you you talked to me about how, remember your words, you said it was like medicine for you. The place itself was like a medicine. That's that's a a very big thing. You have got that freedom to go and interface with the the local community. It is a a marvellous therapy that I don't want to be taken away. Yes. Uh, everything I can see fear in your eyes when you saw they say those words. You fear the loss of that. Yeah, absolutely. How can you duplicate that when I can walk out of the door and there it is? At one time, I had a brief chat with one of the nurses, and we were talking about cars, classic cars. And because he'd piqued my interest again, so I went to the library to see if they had books, uh, you know, on classic cars, and they didn't. But she quickly went to the computer and found out that there were classic cars in other libraries. So she asked me to go away and come back in seven days' time, and she pulled in all of those books... If, if the powers that be are listening to us, and, and they do, uh, what would you say to them, Keith? Uh, even at this late stage, I, I think that uh, they perhaps could walk away from the situation, you know, w- without um, recrimination. Hmm. Mike, you and I have met before as well. Um, both yeah. outside the Taoiseach's office and here last That's year. Right. How's it been for We had a slogan for the campaign, Improve Us, Don't Move Us, but um, Move Us is what they've done, and um, there's a lot of residents have been sent to places where the conditions aren't as good as the ones they had in Onakura. Hmm. Um, How's it been for you the last... It's been 14 months now since I was here. Well, we've become accustomed to it, and um, I had a very bad year where my brother died, and um, I had a lot of bad luck, and um, it's just one more thing in a lot of different I'm sorry to hear downturns. Yeah. Um, well, we've, we've become quite used to it by now because um, we've, we were basically supposed to go um, last October. Um, that, that was um, last October a year ago. And um, it, it looks like we'll be here for Christmas. Yeah. 
it's um it's it's just becoming accustomed to it by now Keith was saying that among other things you miss your friends it's terrible um there was two best friends in the center they were both women and um they were sent to different locations and um they are now resident in two different units and um one of them didn't know that the other was being moved until the same morning yeah there was a resident who was sent to um, Sarsfield Court and um, it's out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. He liked to go downtown and um, gamble sometimes and things like that and um, where he is now he won't have much of an opportunity. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's, there's, there were, we, were, we were guaranteed that we'd be sent somewhere with more suitable conditions and we weren't. Mary, your brother is still a resident. You're not going to share his name with us. That's absolutely fine. But how is he? Um, getting very anxious and troubled is what I would say, PJ. He's not here today because he's just after a hip operation, so he's not very mobile. I can see a deterioration in his mental health. Yes. Um, the Onakara Centre over gave him stability, gave him back his life. Um, he he's comes out every day, mingles with the community. He's able to call home. I'd say he's there most days in our own home place. Oh, he actually visits he's you. He's from the town of Middleton. Um, he, as I say, he has his life back. He has stability. He had happiness there. And he had a lovely community of friends yes. here in the hospital. And again, he spoke like that of a good friend of his being moved quite recently and he's missing him in the TV room, you know. The fact that he can call home. The fact that he can call home. So ordinary a pleasure. And it gives him such normality, such strength. And has, has he been told, have you been told, where he might be sent? Well, he was brought to Sarsfield's court. He has been brought to Garnish House. All totally unsuitable to his needs. Um, he's, he's in a single room occupancy over in the Onakura and this was found he actually needed that. Yes. He couldn't. And why should an adult of 67 years of age yes. share a room with another person? You know, none of us would How do How is it. that meant to be an improvement? How is that meant to be an improvement? Exactly. Uh, so what he's being offered is ward-based in Sarsfields Court, two or three bedded in St. Catherine's. Um, so he, again, all this makes him terribly anxious. How am I going to cope with that? Let alone the fact that he won't be able to call home for a cuppa. And he won't be able to call home, yeah. And like his home is a huge support to him. The town of Middleton is a huge support to him. If, as I said to Keith uh, and to Mick, they do listen. If the powers that be are listening to our conversation, what would you say to them, even at this late stage? I would ask them to reconsider their decision to close the Onakura. Um, it is about mental health and doing what's best. And it looks to me like they're doing the total opposite. And they're being yanked out of their home. It is their home. Mary, one of the original voices of this campaign from from day one, when when it came to us last summer, these lovely people still here. It's just not fair. No, it's not. Um, 
the original communication was that um, the building wasn't fit for purpose and that everybody would get that they deserved better and we haven't seen the deserved better so I'm here on behalf of my brother and the other residents to make sure that the HSE are kept to their word. And from what we describe and from what the others have told us about their friends being moved, it's not better they're going to. No, it's certainly not. In terms of building, it's not better. Um, Ward-based situations and shared rooms. In terms of location, it's not better because they're being yanked out of um, where they live and being sent miles and miles away. And then the other thing is that in terms of service, it's not better either because one of the questions that I've continuously asked in all the meetings with residents um, with residents and also with the relatives is, is the service better? And the service is not better. It's going to be whittled down. So less nursing staff, less care. So the HSE aren't complying with the guarantee that they gave in the original communication. And so as far as we're concerned, my brother isn't going to move. I'm so grateful again for the privilege of being here to meet residents and and their families and I know this is hard for you all and just getting harder. It was a big decision to go public first. You don't regret it though? Um, It was a huge decision for our family for for us to go public because my sister is actually a very private person and um, the idea of talking about her and her life um, is something I, I really struggled with in those early days especially because of her I suppose need and desire to have privacy in her life. No, I have her permission um, you know, to talk today but it is something that we we, we don't do lightly um, and um, talking about um, someone who's lived her life for over 25 years in the unit um, it's very exposing and um, I think if anything is good has come out of it it's that sense of people coming up to her um, in Middleton um, where she has made her home and made a life um, the, the sense of support that she has received from the community of Middleton has been um, just so wonderful and so I suppose supportive of her and um, she's part of in fact she's gone to her group this morning um, it's a craft group that she goes to and those women you know, have really supported her in a way um, that is just wonderful and yeah. it goes to the integration. It's better than any therapy it's better than any yeah. medicine it's, it's, it's real life. Yeah. This is her home. This is her home and this is where she wants to stay. This is where she feels secure. Um, she's moved from an institutional setting to Onakura uh, all those years ago and has you know struggled in those early days to find her way and find her place and she's done that so to turn around at you know over 60 years of age and face into um, temporary accommodation which is what we've been what she's been offered in Cork City where she doesn't know people she's not connected the idea that that is somehow a better alternative for her is just not true so Councillor Liam Quaid, who has facilitated setting up this meeting, thank you, Liam. Um, I'm listening to these people and my heart is breaking. Thank you, PJ, um, for your continued support throughout all of this. Um, absolutely. And I think it's 
It's absolutely clinically indefensible and morally absurd that you would have been better off in 1988 in East Cork to have a severe and enduring mental illness because that was the year that the first bus journey, that fateful journey from Our Lady's Hospital brought the first group of residents here. Um, and now some, some of the same people and people with similar needs are facing a return back into institutional settings. And by any standards and by the HSE's own policy um, on, on community integration, by the UN covenant on the rights of the person with a disability, that is completely wrong. And I think we can all see that. And one message that I, I would put out today is for the decision makers who have the ultimate authority here, people like the Minister, um, Mary Butler, um, Stephen Mulvaney, who's the, the new CEO of the HSE, and people on the HSE board like Kieran Devan, um, Deirdre, Deirdre Madden and Fergus Finlay, I would invite them to come down to Middleton and see what an exceptional service this is. Um, and to see the massive distress that this is causing residents and fam family members. Could it be stopped even at this late stage? It can always be stopped because the ultimate authority is with the government and it's with national HSE management and with the HSE board. That's Councillor Liam Quaid ending my visit to Middleton, which took place a week and a bit ago. And my thanks are due to uh, Morgan from the MySpace Centre in Middleton. Uh, not only did he come in on his day off, but he set up the little meeting room for us and uh, my thanks to you to him for facilitating and helping with that. On foot of the content of that piece, we sent a number of questions to the HSE and they sent us back a statement, which I'll give you after the news. The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Back to Onakura in just a sec with the statement we got from HSE in response to questions raised in that uh, last discussion I had with the residents and their family members, which was a week or so ago. Just two things. Before we do that, Dogs for the Disabled have sent us uh, their calendar. They bring a calendar out every year. Of course, they, they work so hard to train and provide dogs, assistance dogs, for people with disabilities around the country. And their calendar is now on sale. It's beautiful. It's just gorgeous. Uh, there's no one getting my one. <laughs> it's absolutely lovely. That's on sale around the place. Goes to a fantastic cause. Can I also thank uh, the Lord Mayor and John Dolan, editor of the uh, Holly Bow, and indeed everyone at the Examiner Stroke Echo, um, for having me last night as a guest. As a guest, we there was a beautiful event last evening at the Council Chamber in City Hall to mark 125 years of the Cork Holly Bow. I had a chat with John Dolan about it, the editor, and I might even be writing something in 2023. You'll never know. I wrote in it before. I might be writing something again in 2023. But the 125th annual Holly Bow is on sale now in all good bookshops. It is the biggest print run of the year at the printing press that the Examiner uses, which is the Irish Times printing press. It is the biggest printing run of the year and it goes to many many countries 
It goes to the four corners of the world and it is just a little treasure. It is it is unique, uniquely Cork. And in fact, last night, as she was speaking, um, the Lord Mayor, I think she summed it up. Uh, she had the holly bow and she said, you know what? She said, you can smell the cork off it. And it's so, so true. It's in all your shops now. And once again, it's beautiful. And once again, the Diffley quiz is impossible. And once again, the photographs and the articles and the stories are pure cork. As the Lord Mayor said, you can smell the cork off it. Cork Hollywood is on sale now, the 125th anniversary. 0818 96 96 96. So before 11, you heard the audio from my visit to the Onokura residents and their families a week or two ago. On foot of that, we sent a number of questions to HSE um, about the alternative accommodation. Um, we had, we'd said to them that they don't have easy access to amenities and they are worried about their socialisation skills. Uh, there are no shops around. And they miss all of that. They feel vulnerable. They say they are promised superior accommodation. Uh, they're not getting that. Many of them value privacy. They're not getting that. They do not feel, for example, that ward-based accommodation is superior to what they presently have. And they feel they're being institutionalised rather than allowed to live in the way that they have been living over the years. And we sent those questions to HSE. And here is the response we got back from Cork Kerry Community Healthcare. It says, the decision to close the Onacora Centre was very difficult, but unfortunately necessary. Since that difficult but necessary decision, we have worked with residents to agree alternative placements that suit their needs. Residents at the Onakura Centre are under the care of a consultant psychiatrist and any placements offered to them meets their needs as assessed by clinical experts. We understand that moving to a new home will be difficult for each remaining resident. We regret it is not possible or correct to refurbish the existing building. Our team at Onakura continues to meet with the small number of remaining residents and their families to discuss future placements at other facilities. We cannot comment on individual cases or the details of where residents are moving. This is in order to protect their identity, which we have a moral and legal obligation to do. However, we do want to stress that our consultant-led team continues to work with residents and families to assess the most appropriate alternative settings based on the need of each individual. There has been significant public debate on whether it would be possible to refurbish the existing centre with residents remaining on site. We want to state clearly this is not possible and would not be safe and would not be in the best interests of residents. Despite much public discussion on how such a refurbishment could be achieved in a safe and cost-effective manner, no detail has ever been provided or proposals ever made as to how this could be accomplished in a realistic way. No refurbishment could deliver the quality of accommodation that residents deserve in line with modern requirements and standards or within a realistic budget. The current building is a prefabricated structure from the 1970s with a life expectancy then of about 40 years. It is now well past that. And the last line of the statement reads, We need to stress that the Onakura Centre is an inappropriate setting and will close. Now that is the response from HSE, Cork Kerry Community Healthcare, to that feature that you heard from Onakura before the 11 o'clock news. The morning.
Cork's 96FM wants to fill your Christmas with fun and play. The 10K Toy Giveaway is on. Got, got a pocket full of cash we can blow We're giving away loads of 500 euro toy shopping sprees for free. Listen to Cork's 96FM all day long. Go cash, go, go cash. cash. For your chance to text or WhatsApp in to win. To win. Quartz 96 FM's 10K toy giveaway. Listen and win every day. Quartz 96 FM. Did you ever dream of upping sticks and getting out of Dodge to settle in Spain to live and work? So we get serious in the echo at the moment. Timothy O'Mahony is writing about Cork people who have upped sticks and went for a different life abroad. One of those people is Colin Fitzpatrick, a musician by trade, but working in uh, Marbella since 2017, Column, Good morning, you're living the dream, I'm jealous already. Good morning, PJ, thanks for having me on. Good, and I know you have a, a class coming up soon. You, you teach ukulele. Oh, well, I, I teach ukulele and I teach guitar. I studied classical uh, classical guitar with the County Cork School of Music yeah. and did all my grades, Trinity grade 8, and then I hit 19 and I started songwriting. Right. And and then I started working, I was working with Kinsale Music Academy and with Cross Havens Music for Children, and they asked me what I teach ukulele. And I had one lying around the place, and I thought, this is, I always treated it just like a, you know, a, a bit of fun. And then I saw, really, actually, it's more than just a bit of fun. It's a fantastic instrument for learning and for playing. And mm-hmm. even my student who's, who's, who's on his way, he's 77, and he's been playing for 60 years, but he comes to me for a few ukulele lessons, not for guitar lessons, because he loves it. And to see it played well, it's a lovely instrument to see played well. So what Absolutely. took you there in 2017 to Mabea, Column, you lucky thing? <laughs> <laughs> well, I had the good fortune of meeting my now wife uh, in the Crane Lane one night uh, in 2013. And she comes, from, she comes from the south of Spain. She's from Seville, mm. which is west of here. And she, you know, she grew up with sunshine. She grew up in, in, a, in a warm climate with you know, long, long evenings, long nights like we'd have, but, but warm weather all, all year round. Even now, as I look out the window, it's blue skies and I was sitting out in the terrace and I had to come inside. Uh, it, and it'll be cooler this evening, but it's, it's hot out there now. What temperature is and it now? She, oof, it's, it's hot enough to think that I need to reach for the sun cream. But I'm wearing, I'm wearing a pair of jeans. I'll put, that, I'll put that in context. But that's because it's cold down in the office. Right, right, right. And, and you went out and literally just started looking for a job to settle? I, I came out with, the, with an idea, maybe a folly, to, to, to keep going with the coffee work that I had done with, with Badger and Dodo and Three Fools oh, yeah. and said, right, could I, could I open up a speciality cafe, get into roasting and work hard at that and then maybe in, see where I am in 15 years. But quickly I kind of came out here and I think, you know, maybe it's just a reflection of my character, but I saw all the hours that needed to go into it and I saw the people around and I had the good fortune of working with another corkman who owns a who owns a bar in San Pedro called um, Ross Ross Duggan, and we were very similar. But I saw how many hours he had to put into it, and like any business owner will will tell you, the the sacrifices that go into it, the hours, the how it, it and he couldn't step back from it. I saw the similarities and the parallels. And at the meantime, I tried to keep my teaching work going, and I tried to keep my music going, and I just tried to build. Steady hours and steady hours and steady hours and enough hours until I could do that. But I came out here. I came out with four CVs. I came out one for sales, one for coffee, one for music. I did a TEFL course, and I think it just I was willing to do anything. Right. And in the end, I saw I saw an ad in the paper that said, "You know, Irish bar person needed for Irish bar." 
And I, and I called them up and said, I'm Irish. And they said, you're Irish? And I said, yeah. And they said, well, you get it. And I said, I get it. And they said, come on in. And that's where it started. <laughs> and that's where it started. And I think the first year was just about surviving. Just, just make sure that, I, that, we, that, we, that, we, that, we, that we can live out here and we can you know, make, make it a year and, and make it work. Yeah. And that's, that'll be six years in January. Yeah. How, how different is it? I mean, look, we've all visited Spain. I mean, thousands, hmm. I've never, actually, I've never been to Marbella. In all the parts of Spain I've ever been to, I've never been to Marbella. And I, it, you know, you go a place, you spend two, two and a half weeks there, you might go back three or four times, you form an impression. I, I take it you had an impression of Marbella before you went to live there. Yeah, my, my impression of Marbella had been a drive back from from the southwest, and I think I drove straight through straight through Marbella without stopping on the way to the airport. <laughs> I didn't I didn't give it much time really, um, but you know it has sun, it has beaches, it has a beautiful old town centre which shows that there there really was a uh, there's a there's a historic part of the city which existed long before the skyscrapers and the apartment blocks by the beach and the bars and the nightlife, and and then just outside of that there's. There's a, just a lovely stretch of development, and there's a there's a great road that just runs all the way along the coast that brings you down past Gibraltar, and and just people who who are here for the same reason as we are, and the same reason that Carol, my wife, said we needed to move here was just because it's sunny. Look, we're on the 24th of November, yeah, and and I've had to go back into the house because it was too hot outside. I mean, that's yeah. You keep rubbing that in. You, know, you do keep rubbing that in. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not rubbing it in. But it's. But it's. It, but it, it's, it's funny. Not, listen, it, I, I'm very. I'm very conscious of it. It's a massive yeah, thing. It's, I'm very, it's a massive thing. It's huge because it. I look. I am a. A creature of the sun. I, I absolutely love the sun, the light, the warmth, the heat, and the winter. The winter kills me because I suffer from arthritis, so I'm dreading the winter. So I'm, and that's what I absolutely. mean about, about it being being. De- now you work as a wedding musician and as, as well as a teacher, and you play a lot of weddings. Tell me about that. Yeah, so I, I get a great privilege from, I'm very grateful for it because I, I love music and I get to teach it, but then I play weddings throughout the season that uh, start in May and kind of finish towards the end of October. And you know, most I've, I only did one church wedding this year and the rest of them have all have been kind of at the beach effectively or in private villas on, on luscious grass with, with couples who are just so happy to be, to be sharing that day with family and friends or maybe just with themselves, with the immediate family, very small ones. Yeah. And it's um, ah, it's wonderful. So I get, I get to do I'll do the the ceremonies, and they'll ask me to play songs that really mean something to them, and I get to go away and and do my best to to see if I can make them cry on the day with just a, a beautiful performance of it. And then I play the cocktail afterwards, and they can sing along with me. They can they can take over the singing responsibilities, but we'll have fun with that after as well. Do they have many weddings on the beach? There are a good few. <laughs> I couldn't put a number on it, but they're but they're nice, and they, but they're all they're all so different. It's wonderful. I played for at a at a ceremony for a couple from down, not not too long ago, and it was just just a couple, their two kids and two close friends, and we were just just down on the beach, and they had set up a little altar. They had the the, the celebrant came in, and I sat down. There was no place to put a chair, so I had to sit on kind of steps next to them, and I did it acoustically. And then when I finished. The, one of the songs that they had asked for was um, from the Bee Gees to, to, to Love Somebody. And it turned out that it was quite a, a poignant song for them. And they sat down next to me after the ceremony and they just sang it with me. We were just, we were just singing to the horizon. Uh, it was wonderful. How lovely is that? Now, you've got a, a little, you're suffering, and it's carriage away from him. You have a little boy. Yes. 
And what's it, what's it like to live? What's it like to live and work as a small family out there compared to home, say? Compared to home, there are definitely. I won't. I won't like to. There are certainly points where it would be lovely to be close to home, to have that support system that you know that comes with being being at home, even if it's just a a peace of mind. You were speaking about the on occur as part of the mental health side, but to know that you can you can maybe lean on a family member or you can you you have the trust of looking for a babysitter. Liam's two years old now. We still haven't gotten a babysitter because we're still yeah. <laughs> we're still trying to, to feel out where his grandmother stayed. His Spanish grandmother stayed with us a few times, um, but even at that, she's in Seville, two and a half hours away. Yes. So it comes with its challenges, and and at the same time, the, this morning we or yesterday morning we took the his little motorbike. And I took a push scooter and, I, and we went off to his nursery, which is about just less than a mile away. And he pushed himself all the way yeah. and, I pushed, and I pushed alongside him. And that's, and that's wonderful to be able to do that. How, early how in the morning. much is nursery then? Nursery is fantastic. We are in receipt of a, a grant and it comes in, comes in very cheap. It comes in at 55 a month for, we, we include in the meals and he's in there for a few hours a morning. It's, it's crazy. Now, the, the flip side of that is there's no, there's no, um, benefit for kids there's no we, we don't get anything else so we get the grant which takes away that price which is huge it's an immense I mean, it may as well be free but that, but that in a way is child benefit in its own right isn't exactly. it exactly 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 I mean that, that's, there's, there's, no, there's no stress euro, 55 euro a month and he's yeah. fed yeah wow incredible wow what about healthcare and stuff healthcare is free it, it my father-in-law was a, the former head of intensive care, and he'll he'll say that since his days, the, the quality of care has has dipped quite an, an awful lot. But if I have to go into A and E for any reason, or anyone has to go into for any A and E, there's no bill at the end of it. Wow. Which is which is again is is a lovely one. Now you you have your private health care, which is on site, and you can go and you can pay pay a little bit for that. But and is that there's a peace of mind that comes with that. They have levels. They have every they have every rate to get you in. Yes. So I think you can pay twelve euro a month, and then you pay for your visits, or you can pay three hundred euro a month, and then and then you're you're more covered. That but that's down to your own your own budgeting. By a package accord. Now, when Liam wants to go to school, or in, in, comes to going to school, mm-hmm. you get him into. He will. It, yeah. He'll start. He'll start, he'll start at three here, and that'll be either in public. Which we have two local public schools, and there's there are quite a lot of international schools here doing kind of the the British curriculum. I think there's one in does the Irish curriculum in Gibraltar. There's Swedish schools. I teach in an Estonian school on Fridays, so there's quite a big market here in terms of international schools. They go with the price, and but I think and I think for us it was quite important that Caro being Spanish, that as long as the the quality is there, we we we'd go with the public system. So we have one that's about a mile down the road, and it's. It, it seems to have a great reputation and we'd be very happy to, to put them in there. And is there a cost involved in that then? Oh, well, across that bridge when it comes to it. I think there's there's always a cost with anything. I think sure you start off the year and you bring you bring in their, their, their toilet paper use for the year and you bring in certain things at the start of the year. And at, at that stage, I think anyone with a young family might might be able to relate that or who's had a young family. You, you take it day by day sometimes or you take it week by week or month by month. So and that's um you you got you got the job the work you got the weddings you got the teaching what what does Carol do? So Carol teaches Spanish. Ah, oh, very good. So so that that's been a great help for me. It's helped me boost my Spanish, um, no end, and 
And it's and and that's where she is. She she works kind of part time hours in the morning, and then she gets to spend the afternoon with Liam, and yeah. that means that he gets that extra bit of quality time. I get the pleasure of teaching from home most of the time. So when Liam gets back, I'm here, and when he wakes up from his nap in the afternoon as well, I'm usually here as well. And, and down to the beach. Down to the beach. Yeah, yeah. We get there. We get there every now and then. I'm not. I'm conscious that I'm not. I'm not rubbing it in. But it's funny because being here six years in January, I still pinch myself when I go outside I and it's blue skies. It, I, 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 there's no. There are some things that you adapt to and you can take for granted. But the sun, I just still don't take it for granted. I just go outside and I go, my God. Oh, I'm thinking about this now. Could I get out there and build a studio in a back room and do this show from out there? I'd be. <laughs> I'd, be I'd be. And, I'd, and I could play some of your music. You're not coming back. Are fantastic. You? You're not coming back. Realistically, we no, I don't think it's on the cards. I think we're both very happy here. I think it's it's worked out better than we could have ever imagined. Um, it's it's incredible. It's another reason I pinch myself because I, I just didn't envisage that it would work out like this for us. That I'd be working in music in the way I love it. That I that I yeah. that I have the flexibility. That we have a house here. That we're near the beach. That we we have this good weather and that we have this quality of life. That we haven't we haven't had to light a fire or put on the electricity for for heating, um, except for hot, for the hot water. Yeah, yes. is the electric now, is, is the electric getting very expensive? It's getting expensive, but but again, the we we don't have the, we haven't had the heating costs yet, so that that time will come. But it's you know it's it's nearly December. Let's be fair. Yeah, and that that hasn't been that's not a reality for us yet. So that's. That all, helps. all your hot water comes from solar and stuff like that, doesn't it? We have neighbours. There are more solar panels kind of jumping onto roofs near and near. And, I, and I've looked into it. Yeah. And I'm sure that they will come. Because, again, it, it's just it's that immunity. And if it can help pay for it, well, then it's a, it, it's it'll be a good investment. It's coming from the sky. You might, you might as well use it. Uh, good luck to you, Colm, and to Carol and Liam. Good luck to you. Delighted to speak with you. It's great to have you here on, on the show. And the, the music, you sound so laid back. As a musician, you know, a musician <laughs> musicians are laid back anyway, right? Yeah. But you sound, well, I, if you're any more laid back, you'd fall over onto that sand. Well, I will ask my students how laid back I am when I tell them to practice the same bar, you know, <laughs> the same three seconds of music, you know, 20 times in a row. And I just say, one more time, just one more time, just that part, one more time. And they'll say to me, you don't mean one more time. And I say, I don't, but it sounds nicer when I say just one more time. And I, and I apply that level of detail to to the gigs that I play and to the weddings that I play, that when there's a tricky part, I sit down and it's not about the song, it's about the detail. Yeah. But if I get to do that outside with a cup of coffee in the sun... You practice it in the terrace. Yeah, it, it, it'd, it'd make you pretty laid back. I think you would. I think you would. You know what? <laughs> and you, you met, yourself and Carol met in, in one of my favourite places to go on a night out, but I'll tell you something, it's the best story I ever heard coming out of the crane lane. <laughs> and long may that last. Long may that last. Connor, go go meet your seventy-seven cool. year old student. Great talking to you. Look after yourself. Thanks, PJ. All the best. Cheers. Let's call him. Uh, call him from originally from Cork, but he's living and working out in uh, in Colin Fitzpatrick out in Spain with his wife Carol, who's from Spain, and their little boy Liam. And he teaches music and he plays weddings, and he had to come in out of the sun on the 24th of November because it's just that little bit too warm. I hate him. PJ Coogan on the Opinion Line. Silver winner. Silver winner. Best news story at the Imro Radio Awards 2022.
Cork's 96 FM. There's a serious shortage of GP services in Blarney. We'll go there shortly, but first... The 10K Toy Giveaway. Fill your Christmas with fun and play. On Cork's 96 FM. Got a pocket full of cash we can blow up. Yeah, two more winners yesterday with Lorraine on the big drive home. Two more announced today. Let's see if we can send another qualifier forward to that draw. Hello, Anita. Hi, PJ. Anita McGrath in Buttevant. Yep. Is it Leo would use most of this 500 euro? Leo and his sister, Rihanna, she's 11, so her... um our list is getting bigger and bigger as she gets bigger and bigger. So. <laughs> you wouldn't be long making short work of a 500 euro voucher is what you're telling me. Oh, I'm telling you, no, it would not. <laughs> well, let's hope we can send you on a shopping spree. You'd like that. Okay. Oh, all, I can do at, all I can do at this point is send... Oops, hold on. Someone, Someone's gone. Oh, is she gone, guys? She's gone, Lazar. Try and get her back, will you? Um, she went off the, the line there on me. Let's see if we can get it back. So I'm talking to Anita McGrath, who is in Buttevant. She's dropped off the line. She is, with a bit of luck now, going to go through to this evening's draw in the 10K toy giveaway on Cork's 96FM. She's back on five. Thank you, lads. Okay. We have a question for you, Anita. Right. Okay. And the question is this and it's an A or B question right Right? yep so the movie Gremlins have you seen it I have yeah okay there is a cute furry little creature in the movie Gremlins is his name A Gizmo or B Furby A Gizmo or B Furby it's A yes (laughs) I was hoping I wouldn't have to help you too much, but I didn't. <laughs> Thank you okay. very much, No bother. What's happened now, Anita, is you are into the draw this evening, so keep an eye on your phone this evening because Lorraine will be making those calls on the big drive home. And you might be our latest. We have had two winners so far from the opinion line, so let's hope we can make your third, Anita. All right? That's brilliant. The kids are absolutely delighted. All Thanks right. Well, they're, in, they're in the draw, and so are you, and after six is when you'll find out whether or which. That's Anita McGrath in Buttevant. All right, I'm going to Blarney, am I now? All right, line one. To There was a shortage of GPs. Now, there's a shortage of GPs all over the place, and we've covered it at length on the opinion line, but there's a particular urgent shortage in Blarney caused by the retirement of a doctor uh, Sinn Féin TD Thomas Gould Morning Thomas Good morning TJ There's a shortage everywhere but Blarney's in, tr- Blarney's in real trouble now Yes well PJ the, the doctor in the Ashdale Centre is retiring at the end of the year so from the 1st of, the, 1st of January there will be no doctor in the Ashdale Centre uh, I've been Whereabouts is that now in Blarney? That's in Blarney, in Blarney Yeah but whereabouts, whereabouts in Blarney? In the village. I see. Okay. Yeah. And would that be the main centre for for the village? Well, well there's another, there's another um, G, 
GP there at the medical centre, but the issue with them is, for what I can gather, they are full up. I see. And they can't take any more, and the doctor who's retiring, and the one thing I would like to see is, any of the people I spoke to or about, or uh, have nothing but nice and kind things to say, and uh, they wish her the very best of luck, yes. but it's just that the problem now, PJ, is you have hundreds of patients with no GP no, the HSC have given them the commitment to put in a temporary GP there until they can until they can recruit someone full time. Mm. But there is a huge like Burnley Tower surrounding areas, Waterloo, all that. Like that's like uh, they would have uh, patients going right all around that wider area, and it's a huge loss to Blarney. And what we've done is we've organised a meeting in the Blarney Community Centre at eleven o'clock on Saturday morning because people are very concerned. Uh, they want to meet to discuss, they want to know what the plans for the HSE are and what they're afraid of is that if they if they don't raise this issue now, that the HSE will just um, leave it go. And the problem is there's no other, like there's no way for them people to go. And you you cover it yourself, PJ. Like if you're, there's most GPs aren't taking anyone on. No, they're full. They're full. There's a thing, though, isn't there, Thomas, in terms of the HSE and 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 that a GP such as the the person who's retiring or any other such GP that's a private business. They are self-employed. They're not HSE staff, so the HSE can't necessarily tell a doctor, "Well, you have to go and take over that practice." No, they can, but they can make it. Uh, they, they can make it, I suppose, positive enough and put enough support in place that would encourage a GP to set up. And PJ, the thing about it, there should have been uh, a centre in Blairley uh, that was being proposed and there's objections against it now, um, uh, a primary care centre. Mm. And like Blairley is such a big area and it's yeah. expanding. There's more houses being built out there all the time. They should have had a primary health centre. That's being objected to now. We think that's vital to be delivered because. Mm. It's but again, the, the GP's practice is is a private business. It's it's. The, 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 I think that is, that is possibly one of the problems here. The HSE doesn't employ doctors. And one of the things we believe, and David Collin, I think, spoke to you earlier on this year about it. We believe that the HSE should be offering GP contracts. Like that's what they do in England, where they actually some GPs, a lot of GPs, would actually work yep. for the NHS. Yep. Where we would like to see GPs working for the HSE. And you'd have a situation what, in the UK whereby a GP now would be told by the HSE, "Oh, listen, Doctor Murphy, you're moving into Blarney there, and you'll be paid by the NHS, and your practice isn't Blarney." That's how it works. It doesn't work that way here, though. No, and the thing about the PJ, they'd put in nurses, they'd put in uh, 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 other administration staff. So if you're a GP, I do mean the GPs are like, bus- are like business people. They are businesses. Yeah. Well, what we want, to do, we want them to concentrate solely on the patients and the issues of healthcare and to take all this extra work, extra uh, administration, extra clerical work off them. Like, GPs should be there to care for patients. Like, we privatised the GP care in this country and what we're looking well, to do... Well, there was no privatisation of it, Thomas. It was always that way. But here's the thing. The, the, the GP also has to provide... Like, the, the doctor that's finishing up for her retirement and we wish her the best in that. Like, does her nurse leave at the same time? Does everybody else leave at the same time? Well, we're hoping, now with this new... Uh, with this temporary doctor going in there that everything will remain in the place. Because there's staff out there, to be fair, like who, who are worried about losing their jobs. So what we said to the HSC is we want the centre remained open and sure. we want the staff 
uh, to remain in place. But we also want this new GP that comes in that they would stay there until we get a full-time GP because it's just vital for Blarney. It's such a big area tour, all yes. that area outside yes. it. And so it's 11 o'clock on Saturday morning, PJ. We know a lot of people in the Blarney area would be listening to the show. Sure. And what we're asking them is to come along to have a chat to see what the, the people want because... Um, We've written to everyone in Blarney you know, in the last year or so. It's just, you see, a lot of people don't realise that the GP is actually retiring on the 31st of December. I have you. I have you. Okay. And so there's an immediate shortage from the 1st of January. But the, the temporary, will the temporary GP move in, move in on the 1st of January? And how long will they be there for? But the, the temporary GP will be moving in in January, but we haven't got a commitment. What we're looking for, and they've written to the HSC, you know, look for a commitment that that person will remain in the place until a full-time person is got. Right. I think it has to have it. All right. Okay, we'll follow it with interest. Thank you, Thomas. Sinn Féin TD, uh, Thomas Gould. Shortage of GPs. Really acute in Blarney now because one is retiring. And if you didn't know this, your GP is not employed by the HSE. Your GP is employed by himself or herself. They're all self-employed business people. So they set up the practice. They own the practice. And when they retire, they retire from the practice. And someone may come in and take that practice over, or they may not. That, that's how it works. Tom is right. In the NHS, the uh, they uh, the NHS employs doctors on a salary, and a doctor could be assigned to Blarney from January one, paid for by the NHS to to work in Blarney. That's that's how it works over there. Which, to be honest, would be a much better way of doing it. They're right there. Happy Thanksgiving to our American brethren. We speak to two lads yesterday to Mick. And, and his pal talking about Irish are celebrating Thanksgiving as Americans living in Cork. You were listening to that uh, and you thought maybe we were just a little bit too blokey. Kelly, good morning and happy Thanksgiving. Hey, thank you very much. Good morning. Uh, you have New York Nails. That's your business. And you've got a, a food store as well. But you, you liked yeah. the lads, but you wanted to give a woman's perspective on, on <laughs> Thanksgiving. Well, I, I definitely say they're a bit different anyway. I mean, we definitely get put in our boxes a lot of the time on Thanksgiving. Um, but yeah, I, um, what would you like to know? What, what happens in the, in the day of a life of how a are you woman go, How are you going to celebrate today? <laughs> Okay, so today I've just put a pumpkin pie in the oven that I homemade. I'm I'm praying, I'm praying for that thing. I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, I'm making cornbread. Uh, kids will get out of school at two. Right. And the Macy's Day Parade starts at two, and it's on till five. So we're gonna try and catch that. We're gonna have dinner kind of five-ish, I'd say, when that finishes. And uh, that's about it. And then when you, you just, catch like, the Macy's Day Parade, when do you catch that? <laughs> Um, okay, so last year, I think we got it on YouTube. Um, yeah, definitely YouTube. And I think it's, it, anyway, it's Irish time. It's two to five here. And right. I think starts at 10 in, at home. Okay, okay. Macy's, of course, being yeah. one of the most famous shops in the whole of America. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. And what, 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 they've, what, kids' characters in, in the parade? And it's just a big day for the kids, yeah? Um. Well, I mean, like, it's going on as long as I, I, I've i been alive anyway. Um, I remember it, you know, from being a child. It's on every year. I think it I think it actually started in the 20s, right. that's what I want to say. Um, what I most remember about the Macy's Day Parade uh, is Snoopy. 
Yeah. I, I think that there's some kind of, yeah, I think there's some kind of combination with Macy's and Snoopy maybe anyway, yeah. but I do know for a fact that Snoopy has made more appearances than any other character. Who, in do, you, who do your kids love? I think they, sorry, go ahead. Who, who do your kids love in it? Um, I, I want to say last year there was a, they had a SpongeBob SquarePants, I think. <laughs> um, we all love Snoopy anyway. I think they're on number eight. That's like uh, the eighth Snoopy that they've done that parade. Really cool. uh, but every year they kind of renew it. You know, there's always going to be new characters and stuff like that on there, yeah. uh, depending on the year. Yes. Yeah. Now, come to come to the to the cooking pumpkin pie. I've never I've never had pumpkin pie. Um, I've never oh. I've never never eaten pumpkin. Believe it or not. Oh. Yeah, I know. I know. And then you you do different stuffing than we do over here as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I I like stuffing over here just just fine, but um, like this year, I'm pulling a lot of stuff out of a box because I, I I've just been so busy. So like, what I have in my hand right here while I'm talking to you is uh, stovetop turkey dinner stuffing mix, and that's going to be something akin to your Paxo, I think is right, called right. Paxo. Um, you know, you do the whole hot water trick and and bake it. But um, I want to say that yeah, the 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 seasoning in it is definitely different. We're kind of just going more for like salt, onion, uh, parsley. You know, I don't think we do kind of the rosemary thing yeah. that I often feel like there's in stuffing here. Yeah. So who'll and be fruit. with you then for the dinner to this evening? Um, so tonight it'll be myself, my two children, Giselle and Blake, my husband, Manuel. And we have two friends coming over, uh, two Irish friends who I don't think I've ever experienced Thanksgiving. So I always really enjoy that. Cool. And, and is, it, is it the of, like, start then of the countdown to Christmas? Um, yeah, I definitely wouldn't start any Christmas off until Thanksgiving was under the belt anyway. That's just <laughs> yeah. in, my, in, in my house anyway. Well, Christmas is after Thanksgiving well, well, you and see all the decorations. We, you have Thanksgiving and then we have the toy show. Kelly, thank you. Kelly Adams of New York Nails will celebrate Thanksgiving with the family. And the, I think you might find that. Look up the Macy's Day Parade. If you've got kids, uh, you'll find it on YouTube. The Macy's Day Parade today for Thanksgiving, once from 2 to 5, amuse the kids for the afternoon with that. Have fun with it. I didn't know that. I didn't know they put that on the telly or on the de- on the tube, as it were. Okay, before we go, something that we want to do. Uh, yesterday afternoon, as you know, as we were finishing up, we got the sad news that Richard Grogan had passed away, uh, the employment law solicitor who was a regular on the show. Sad news. And there was a, fa- a statement came out from his family uh, last evening thanking everyone who supported and engaged with him on social media and saying he got great enjoyment from the interactions. It was a passion of his to educate while having fun in a way that only he could and he will be sorely missed and indeed he will. But we thought as our way to pay tribute to the late Richard Grogan that we remember some of his appearances on the opinion line over about the last year and a bit. So to say thank you and farewell to our friend Richard Grogan here's a little reminder of the times he was with us on the opinion line. How did you get the idea to go on TikTok? Um, well, I was on Instagram for a while and uh, I was asked by the Law Society, would I do a course on uh, for solicitors on you know, putting up information on social media? 
So somebody said to me, well, you're not on TikTok. So last Thursday week, I decided, well, I better go on TikTok so that I wouldn't get criticised by other solicitors for not being on TikTok. So I went on TikTok. You cannot be made to use up leave before the end of December. Absolutely not. The the leave year ran from the 1st of April and an employer says, you know, use it or lose it. Well, they can come the 1st of April next year, they can be down looking at a WRC complaint form saying I didn't get my holiday. Somebody said to me, will you use your own mobile phone? And I was an employee. I'd most definitely say no. And there's a lot of reasons for it. I'm getting a lot of questions in from people saying that they've put a, we say, a sign in and sign out app on. And they've got a they've got a call then from the employer saying, uh, "I thought you were in the office in South Mall." Oh God! Now you're now now you and I'm seeing here that you're out in 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 Skib. So if you think that somebody is looking over your shoulder, but in the fact they're looking into your mobile phone, you say, I, "I'd like a copy of any data that you have." And you're entitled to that. If you don't get it, it's a complaint to the Data Protection Commission and it can possibly be a claim to the circuit court. My employer doesn't accrue holiday pay while on certified sick leave. Is that legal? It's rubbish. <laughs> it's rubbish. If you're on certified sick leave, you get you accrue your holiday provided you're giving a medical certificate in on a regular basis and that covers absences of up to 15 months. And then you get your holidays when you come back to work or if you leave, you get compensated, the money amount when you leave. So the, that person's employer is absolutely wrong. That's a law and that's a fact. And that was Richard. And we always loved having him on the opinion line. He called it as he saw it and he didn't put a tooth in it. The great Richard Grogan, whose death was announced yesterday. And thank you to him for his contributions over the last year or so. We'll miss those. Uh, His family and friends will miss Richard at a much deeper level. That's it for today. The programme edited by Fergal Barry, produced and researched by Richard Vickery. See you tomorrow, just after nine. PJ Coogan on the Opinion Line. Silver winner. Silver winner. Best news story at the IMRO Radio Awards 2022. Corks 96 FM. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.